Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. A lot of celebrities write memoirs and do interviews to promote them, and I think you can tell by listening to them which memoirs are guarded self-mythology written to add a deeper level to a very carefully crafted image, and which are really, truly open and honest memoirs, flaws, pockmarks, screw-ups, and all. Today's book is the latter. It's written by Sharon Gless, one of the stars of the 80s cop procedural Cagney and Lacey. Her book, Apparently There Were Complaints, gets into her time in the business while dealing with her alcoholism. And she tells NPR's Rachel Martin, who you can tell in this interview is a big Cagney and Lacey fan, about how that affected her character. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is how actress Sharon Gless describes the character she played in the 1980s TV hit Cagney and Lacey, Detective Christine Cagney. She was difficult. She was selfish. And those are the good things. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, I knew this interview was going to be a good time, even though the subject material was sometimes tough feeling abandoned by her family as a child, fighting loneliness and a drinking problem. Sharon Glass lays it all out in her new memoir. It's called Apparently There Were Complaints. Now, if you grew up watching Cagney and Lacey like me, you're probably already way into this conversation. But for the uninitiated, let me just say Cagney and Lacey was a huge deal. Sure, there were women headlining TV shows at the time, but those characters weren't really fully formed human beings, and they definitely weren't big-time cops. We dealt with issues like abortion, physical, sexual abuse, um, alcoholism, uh, cancer, breast cancer. We were the first show to ever introduce the uh, possibility of a lumpectomy instead of uh, removing the breast. But you weren't that into this role. And it was a big break for you. It would have been considered a big break for you at the time, but you had to be convinced. Yes, I had just done a pilot where I played a cop and it didn't sell. And I just didn't want to go around carrying a gun. But actors are not always the best judges of material. So I was convinced to get on board. And it's the luckiest, happiest uh, decision I ever made. We had the writing. They gave us the material. And in those days, nobody was writing for women. So it was a man who was behind all this, though. Uh, A man you know well, Barney Rosenzweig. I married him. Yeah, you married him. He was married. You were in a relationship, and he was your boss. All of the above. We defied all odds. But um, it was very painful at the time. The press had their day with me, and I ended up in rehab. So there was all kinds of things going on. But I have no regrets. It is interesting for people who didn't know the story how the revelation of your own alcoholism came in the wake of playing... Christine Cagney's alcoholism. I had given an interview to somebody who said, you know that Christine Cagney has all the attributes of an adult child of an alcoholic. I said, well, Charlie Cagney, my father is an alcoholic. He said, but you, Sharon, playing Cagney, 
you have all those symptoms. So I went to Barney. I said, do you know that Cagney has all the attributes of the adult child and alcoholic? He said, honey, you're the one playing it. <laughs> we didn't write it in. Cagney's just always a little loaded, but it was always done for fun. Huh. And he said, do you want to explore it? And I said, okay. I had no idea what would be presented to me. I was called into his office and he said, here it is. He said to his writers at the end of season four, he said, I have the last line of season five for all of you. And you have a whole 22 episodes to get to that last line. They said, what is it? And he said, my name is Christine and I'm an alcoholic. How did you get to the point where the line coming out of your mouth is, I'm Sharon Glass and I'm an alcoholic? That was really, really hard. Um, my agent, Ronnie Meyer, took me to dinner one night and he said, uh, when do you rap, Cagney and Lacey? I said, I remember it, April 13th, I said. He said, good, on April 14th, you're going to Betty Ford. I said, what are you talking about? He said, Sharon, I think you're an alcoholic. I didn't know what he was talking about. I had um, four martinis lined up in front of me, empty ones. Mm. So I think he asked the waiter, when she's finished with it, don't remove her glass. Stop drinking for 15 years. I don't mean to be a saint because then I started again. But now now I'm sober and it's um, been eight years almost. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's work. I want to ask you about Queer as Folk because it, it is so clear from the book that you loved that opportunity to play Debbie Novotny. Oh, I went after that role. When I met the producers, Ron Cowan and Dan Lipman, we had the best meeting. Before you met them, you sent word to them, sent a message saying, hey, just checking, you know what I look like now. Is that right? I didn't think they knew what I looked like, and I didn't want there to be any surprises, any unpleasantness. Explain what that meant being the scale at almost 200 pounds. And I thought they should know. I didn't want to just walk in and have them go, oh boy, <laughs> hi. Um, they said, yes, we know what you look like and it's your heart we want. They brought me back to life because I hadn't worked in four or five years. And they brought me back with Debbie Novotny and Debbie Novotny changed me. And my best friends were gay, but I knew nothing about the plight of the gay community until I did that show. And I'm so blessed. I'm there. I'm there for them anytime. It taught me so, so much. If you'll permit me another question about the, the physical stuff, you know, you are really honest in the book about how you dealt with your weight ever since you were a kid, really, and pressures coming from family and the industry how did you deal with all that garbage <laughs> that gets thrown at women and older women, especially about how you look? I, um, I don't know if I dealt with it very well. My feelings would get hurt. I just learned to, to live with it. I, and I entered an industry where, you know, thin is revered. Gless writes about those pressures in the book and a lot of other very specific stories from what it was like to grow up in a Hollywood movie business family, her failed relationships, and struggle with sobriety. Some are told with so much detail, I asked if she had kept journals that helped her reconstruct it all. You never 
forget the times you've disappointed people. And I was one of those people pleasers, you know, as a child, I just, everybody, you just want to be loved. My, my grandparents were tough, but thank you, God, because so am I. Now, I'm not unkind, ever. I have good stuff in here, and I can, I can survive it all. Our colleague Rachel Martin spoke with actress Sharon Glass. Her new memoir is Apparently There Were Complaints. Ah, the satisfying sounds of more sales in your business. And from the sound of it, your business is growing. But you shouldn't have to pay more to scale your business. With Stamps.com, you can import orders from wherever you sell online, find the lowest rates with the fastest delivery times, and instantly deliver tracking updates to your customers and stock up on supplies. Get started at Stamps.com today with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. On this week's Wildcard, we talk with Issa Rae about those moments where our lives could have gone another direction. Definitely wasn't supposed to be with that guy at all. At all. But I still think about it. I'm Rachel Martin. Issa Rae tells us how to make peace with the path not taken. That's on the Wildcard podcast from NPR, the game where cards control the conversation. <laughs> 